Hey everybody, welcome to the Evoke Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Hausler. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. These short 8 to 15 minute podcasts cover a wide range of topics to help you get faster. Whether you're looking to win a national championship, finish Leadville, crush Tulsa Tough, get on a Gravel Worlds podium, or simply drop your friends. If we've never met, I'm the co-founder and president of Evoke Bike. I've been coaching athletes since 2010, and I've trained with power for over 150,000 miles. I've also won three Masters National Championships, but I'm mostly proud of my nearly 100 Pro 1 podiums simply because it shows my consistency in the game and my hunger to get better for not only myself, but the Evoke community, which includes you. If you enjoy these podcasts, please leave us a review on Apple or follow and download the episodes from Spotify. And if you want to take your support to the next level, please click the support link at the bottom of this podcast where your donation will help us pay for everything that helps to keep this free podcast going. Now to the show. What's up, everybody? Got some Cat 4 questions. I think I'm going to do two because the first one's kind of short, but it's near and dear to my heart because... Well, you'll hear about it. Number one, what do you think about fixed gear bikes for some winter endurance miles? I guess it's harder to control the wattage, but easier to avoid any coasting. But is there a risk of going too hard too often just because of the train? So question number one is great because in upstate New York, that's what we used to ride for training for base miles from November 1st until... I want to say January 31st, but I think we rode them until March almost, mainly because of the salt. The salt on the roads tears your bike up. If you don't know what a salty, snowy, I'm not even going to dig up a picture because it makes me shudder and I have like PTSD still. A lot of very, 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 very cold rides. I had rides where I flatted. It was so cold. I would take my gloves off. And by the time, if you would touch the alloy wheel, your hands were just frozen. And you would put it back in your glove. There was no way to get it, like, just back. And so if you couldn't, if you had, like, 23s on your, your tire, 23 with tires, and you just couldn't get the bead over, it was game over. And no one else was taking their gloves off for you. So I think the fixed gear is good for what they said. It avoids coasting. You will have ridiculous spinning your cadence is going to go up but that's questionable you know people question that is that necessarily a good thing because then when you start riding a geared bike does it help you more with sprinting maybe it's really hard to tell i think that it's it is great for leg speed similar to if you ride rollers you can google suplus s-o-u-p-l-e-s-s-e question mark um it's like the smoothness it'll take out any dead spots i think that is good good a good pedaling technique smooth pedal stroke you avoid coasting but they nailed it um there are times when you're gonna have to go harder and it really depends on your terrain um you know, I think back to the Rochester rides and when everyone was keeping it in base, if there was a climb, you just did more of like a muscle tension interval or said differently a high torque or said differently again a low cadence, which I think is really good for building that muscular endurance and building strong legs. 
But wouldn't it be better to do on a geared bike where you could do it for longer, you know, like do it for six minutes at a time, then eight minutes at a time, then 10 minutes at a time. And the other aspect is you could make it into a single speed so you could coast, which is something I would recommend. I was riding six hours on a fixie and that was just too long in my opinion. It was too much spinning and you can get away with it for a few hours but when you start to get tired and you're and then when your pedaling technique gets a little sloppy I think that's when I had an issue with my paratina on the sheath outside your Achilles so unless you're doing it because of salty roads and bad weather I wouldn't do it again although I cannot tell a lie. There are many times I've thought, I wonder what would happen if I rode a fixie all winter here down in Florida. We were riding 4216s, I think, is the gear. I would have to pick a little bit bigger gear, but you would really keep things endurance. And maybe I'll go back and look. I wore a heart rate monitor back in those days, but I don't even know if I have files from from that far back in the winter. We'll have to take a look. Let's actually see here in 2010, if I look back, I'll do some digging. So, Well, here's one. Sunday, December 26th, 2010, heart rate went up. See, there are hard portions. Went up to 170 at a point. And average heart rate was 129. So it's not like I was keeping it purely endurance. And I did another ride that was average 127. Let's go back a little bit earlier, maybe to November. And let's see, do I see it? I don't have those files. That's where I run out of files, so December 5th, 2010. And that's the thing, too. I was also not super fit then. So maybe if we jump to 2011, bear with me here. This is this is the pod, if this is your first podcast, these are a little bit more casual at times. Yeah, okay, here we go. November 27th, 2011, four-hour ride, 74 miles. Let me make sure. Oh, Nope, there's power on this one, so I just kept it super chill. Um, and it wasn't even super chill. I averaged 148 BPM. So I have to go back and do some digging on these. There's power on this. What was I doing riding a bike with power in December? Hmm. Must have been really nice out because once it got gross that one away okay december 18th here we go four hours 72 miles and 140 so 140 bpm so yeah it's not like it really is or was purely endurance then um it's actually really interesting to look back on that that's actually really interesting I don't know, there's a lot of thoughts going on. So is it really base miles? I'm going to vote based on these few, few files I've looked at. No. And I'm scrolling through like December 24th. Yeah, I didn't have a heart rate monitor in then. Damn. All right, so 
I should have had a heart. I, there were heart rate monitors break, and I got to a point where I was kind of ticked off, and I wasn't buying replacement ones. Okay, let's get to question two. Dragging on that. Hey, what do you think of ram tests? That okay, fastest question. So yeah, you know, ram tests gonna get you in the ballpark for your FTP. At the end of the day. You know, I don't test FTP a ton. I think sometimes after a threshold block, I'm more curious with an athlete. If they're newer, and when I say newer, within the first three years of training, then yeah, I test a little bit more because they're going to have more breakthroughs. But after that, a lot of times athletes can kind of tell, hey, my my FTP feels a little bit higher. Um, And we can do a test or we can just, you know, base it off of we can look at WKO, we can look at the best, you know, 20 to 25 minute effort, 30 minute number. A lot is known by just what you what you feel. But the thing that I have about the RAM test is the whole point I shouldn't say the whole point. A part of the 25 minute test is to learn the pacing. And why do I say 20 versus 25 or 25 versus 20? just a little bit longer and don't you think when you're at 20 minutes you usually have five more minutes make it a little bit longer i don't have people do the hour that much anymore i just don't think it's as applicable and if you look at enough athletes the hour number take their time to exhaustion is now in wko so you can see someone's a lot of athletes will have ttes in the 30 to 40 minutes and I don't even really have people work to extend that unless they're doing races that need constant pressure on the pedals and for that long of a duration, which is not very many. The one thing is, is that why wouldn't you use the opportunity instead of doing a ramp test, learn if you're if you're just not great at holding FTP plus wattage for longer durations of time, maybe it's a mental thing that you need to work on and not only your legs. Sure, it could be muscular, it could be cardiovascular, it could be you just, you know, you're have bad pa- pacing. I was about to say passing, bad pacing. But what there's also like the mental side, you might be psyching yourself out. You know, we're so caught up in metrics, and I'm going to continue to say that because I think it's true. We just get deeper and deeper and deeper into metrics that are extremely valuable, but we miss some of these uh, soft skills almost. A lot of the training that we're doing is for something that's on the road or on the gravel. Um, If we're taking shortcuts in doing a shorter FTP test, for metrics sake, I think you're missing an opportunity to learn more about yourself through the 25 minute effort, through the 20 minute effort. Some people say, oh, I don't like the anxiety. I don't like the stress. If I don't test well, but guess what? Your event is going to be a test. Using these quote unquote tests, these 25 minute efforts, whatever it's going to be, learning to deal with the anxiety and the stress of that thing that's coming up is paramount to doing well at events. It's going to make you better at events. Events eventually and essentially become less stressful. So get the FTP information that you're testing for anyways and get more experience at a somewhat stressful cycling scenario like an FTP test so you get better at handling them. Crush two birds with one stone. Sorry to the birds again. You know, you're going to Use that test also then to take strides to ensure you had proper sleep, proper fueling, proper mindset, all these other little 
things that we do talk about on this podcast, but they get overlooked because all we're going for is the FTP number on this ride. You can get so much more out of it than just the FTP number. And plus, you probably are in the ballpark. It's like, oh, I used to, my FTP used to be 230. Now it's 237. It's never 237. It's 235. It's 240. But you probably knew that. One reason why you might be testing is because you have the inkling that, hey, I think my FTP is up a little bit higher. Great. So RAM test, I don't love it. I don't hate it for finding FTP, but it's not my favorite. And there's other ways that I'd go about doing it. And if you're not sure which test is best for you, I wrote a blog about it, about all these different tests, what you can do. And you know what the best test is? Having multiple forms of the test. Use the 20-minute. Use WKO. Use your judgment and you're going to be in the ballpark and it's going to be okay. I mean, really, when you break down zones, if you're getting, you know, I don't think you're going to be more than 10 to 15 watts off in your guess. Um, and so even if you were 10 watts off in your guess, it's not going to change your zones that much. And if you're thinking that that little difference in your zones is going to make that much of a difference, you're two in the weeds. Trust me on that. Have fun. Enjoy the training. 2022 is coming soon.